You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! I know Kung Fu. Show me. I want you to do me a favor. Yeah, sure. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. What? I want you to hit me as hard as you can. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Welcome to the John Weldon Show. I don't think anybody has seen this yet, but this is my next unannounced book that's coming out after New Year's. It's, uh, I don't know if I can pull that a little closer there for you, Bulletproof Husband, How to Get Rid of Arguments, Save Your Marriage, and Never Feel Emasculated Again. And there it is with me and the other three coaches from the program, the Bulletproof Husband program, Andre Gabori, John Scannell, and Dr. Gary Menezes. Menez and it's, it's beefy. It's about 350 pages. It, it goes in depth. Um, it's specifically written for men, but I think everybody will enjoy it and get offended by it. So it'll be available for all all to be offended everybody can be offended together so um <laughs> nobody will miss out so uh um this one is honestly it could be probably my most offensive uh book and i wrote rapturous um but this one <clears throat> they they specifically when we worked on it they said okay we are just the one stipulation is you can't write this as a religious book. It has to be open for everybody. So this is not like, well, in Greek, it says this. And, the, you know, in Acts, it says this. There's none of that. There's maybe two or three places that I use a quote from scripture and find a way to say it in, in a, a secular, palatable way. Um, but other than that, this is this is emotional work. It's it's masculinity. It's how do we how do we deal with our relationships and leadership and stuff like that. But um, the concept there in the program, bulletproof. I'm going to carry over some of that material. So I want to put that right up front. Is that what I'm going to describe and explain today? Is not my material. I did not come up with this concept. This concept I found when I found them and it has helped me tremendously. And so I want to be able to share it with you, but I also want to make sure I don't take the credit and you walk away going, wow, Jonathan's bullet idea. That was a really cool idea. Not my idea. So being, being upfront about that for my integrity here. So I had I had gone down all these other rabbit holes over the last years. I mean, if I go back, I could really go back 10, 15 years of fine doing processes. I went up to Wellspring Ministries up in uh, Anchorage, Alaska, done their two week intensive uh, inner healing workshop, learning, doing their whole process. Um, my wife has actually traveled to Thailand with uh, the daughter of John, John and Lauren Sanford uh, and done that. Um, you know, we've connected in with that stream at one point. Um, we restoring the foundations, did that process. Um, somewhere there, I think around 2017, I 
went to all the Tony Robbins events, which were great, but it was instead of inner healing, it was more like uh, training the human animal. So behavior modification, really uh, good tools, but uh, only only had certain level of effect. And that's that's my point with all these things is that I only found a certain level of effect with these different modalities. Um, I hired a one-on-one um, inner healing counselor that I worked with five days a week, Monday through Friday, an hour every day for four months at one point. Uh, when like right after I crashed the ministry in September, 2018, worked with them five days a week and wonderful. I mean, just wonderful man. Um, we did, did a lot of stuff. And then uh, another point in my journey over the last few years, I went and did Saraset brain therapy where they hook a bunch of electrodes to your scalp and it listens to the brain waves, puts it into a computer the computer then plays it back through earbuds that you listen to that sound like very dis, uh, disoriented banging on a keyboard, like and you're actually listening to the frequency of your brainwave. And when your brain hears itself, because your brain doesn't have ears, but when it hears its own frequency, it goes, Oh, that's not right and it starts to rewire and make changes that's the idea so i did the brainwave therapy um and i, I somewhere in there four or five years ago did professional phd psychologist talk therapy go in sit down talk for 55 minutes and they ask a couple questions and then give you like a little bit of homework and charge you 150 bucks and uh so i've i've tried lots and lots of things. And so I want to start from that point of having tried a lot of things. And I know it's, I can say in this group alone, we have probably decades, if not centuries of experience here between the prophetic, between inner healing, counseling, there's so much. So it'd be very easy to check out, turn your brain off at this point, Hopefully you don't stay with me because I'm going to throw out some ideas that there might be some fresh stuff here. I believe there is. So um, this I, I I really didn't find, and I'll say you know uh, a good test for the fact that I didn't find change was uh, being married, and so I would go do something and try a modality for a while and then get into some conversation with Karen, I'd still get triggered. Emotions would come up, feelings would come up, reactions would come up the same way as before. And then if I was able to be responsible, I could rein it in and say, okay, I'm gonna take this, I'll take this back and I'll look at it with my counselor, whoever, and I'll, I'll see where we can go with it. And maybe we'd do a few sessions, get into that, but I wouldn't really deal with it. And there was no long-term change that I was finding for myself, especially in the, the feelings and the reactions, maybe managing them a little better, but the feelings and reactions, or at least the feelings were still there. So uh, this is my experience. What I came to understand as I started to dig into 
this concept overall, before I explain bullets, I'm going to explain a little bit of our, our makeup. And some of this is, um, you know, classic, traditional, Jungian concept of how we're made. So not created, but how we're built. So in the sense of you have, let's draw like a line here, if you had a stick figure, and above the line is your conscious, and below it is your subconscious. Your conscious is what you're aware of. You can remember these experiences in your memories, um, all of that. All right, bye Hector. Yes, you had to head out early. So um, what you're consciously aware of, that's above the line. And what your subconscious is all the stuff that got stored. The fact that when you drive down a street, you might notice consciously uh, the guy walking his dog. What you subconsciously are taking in is the street, the lines on the street, the grass, the trees, all of that. And you're not even aware, of it, but you are aware of it and it is going in, but you're not consciously in touch with it. So your conscious part, they estimate it's about 5% and your subconscious is really 95%. Understanding the whole Bible is Dr. Welton's most in-depth work on Better Covenant Theology. It is his 19-week Bible Covenant course distilled into 450 pages of absolute stake. This is likely his most impacting work and constantly sells out on Amazon. Get your copy today. Then you get married or you have kids or you have a mean boss and somebody comes along and they poke you somewhere and your subconscious comes up and all these feelings come up that you're not consciously thinking about and you're like, ah, and you don't even know all of, why did I react that way? Where's that coming from? What was I, ah, and you get all disoriented or dysregulated would be another word for that. So you got these two parts, the 95% and the 5%. The 5% is also known as the ego. The ego is the conscious part of your personality. It really makes up your personality. Now in our culture, unfortunately, we have started to call ego and arrogance like the same thing. So even when we say curly and we say egoless, it's, it's really uh, kind of off a little bit, but it's, it's that he's not taking things personally. But the idea here of your ego is actually your personality. Now your ego itself is not necessarily arrogant or toxic or bad. If you could just think of your ego in a, in a actual scientific clinical sense, it would be understood that your ego is a container of your personality. Your personality might be broken, might be messed up, but the ego, the personality container is, is its own thing. So we'll come back to that in a little bit. Now on the other side, the 95%, the unconscious side or the subconscious, same thing. The subconscious is sometimes also referred to as your shadow your shadow self. It's this um, kind of looking at this dark water that you can't see down into that, that concept of the 95% that's below the surface, the shadow self. And um, it's in that dark water shadow 
subconscious that a lot of feelings get suppressed and buried. So let's say that you are a little kid and you get stood up in front of the, uh, the whiteboard and you're supposed to spell a word and you get it wrong and your teacher snaps at you and the class laughs at you and you feel this new feeling of embarrassment and shame and public humiliation. And in that moment, you give yourself a label for that feeling. I am stupid. That's what brought this feeling. When you're up to a certain age, it's usually around six or seven, there's, there's, it's hard to blame other people, especially your parents. It's hard to blame certain figures in your life. So what you do is you very often you blame yourself. And so little kids develop these labels that they give themselves. I'm stupid, I'm a loser, I'm weak, I'm a burden. And we give ourselves these labels and we carry those forward and live out of reaction. The reaction, if you're, if you're giving yourself a stupid label as a little kid, the reaction is to then try to hide it by becoming really smart. A great way is to get a big library, write a lot of books and get a PhD. I highly recommend that for anybody who thinks they're stupid. Um, it doesn't work, but you can, you can do it, you can try. So the, the reactions that we live with, we carry these around. The label is also what we call a bullet. So other people don't give you bullets. You give yourself bullets. You give yourself labels. You are 100% responsible for the bullet holes in your life. So if you're a little kid and you have these experiences, you give yourself the bullet of, I am stupid. And then you have to overcompensate by proving that you're not. And so you have to excel, you have to achieve, you have to become smarter. If you give yourself the bullet that says, I'm a loser, then you have to accomplish things. You have to you know, win at the sports. You have to uh, you know, get a good job, get a good degree, become successful to try to prove I'm not a loser. And so there's, um, there's about nine specific ones that are very, very, very common. And you could have many of these. You could have all nine of these. But there's way more unnamed bullets than there are named bullets. But the biggies, the big categories, stupid, I've already mentioned, loser, weak. The weak one has to show that they're strong. So... This can be a couple different ways. If you have a weak bullet, uh, maybe you work out obsessively, run lots of marathons, uh, posting lots of selfies, you're at the gym all the time. Um, it could be physical. Or on the other side, it could also be you become controlling, uh, you become manipulative because you don't want to feel weak. So you have to try to control everything and everyone around you. So weak was also a big one for me, but more on the emotional side. So I felt very weak as a kid. Um, you know, a window, a window into that, I had a conversation with my dad a couple of years ago. And I asked him, uh, when did you ever feel masculine in your, in your life? When did you feel masculine? And he said, well, I saved 
I saved Xerox, I fixed something and I saved Xerox a million dollars one time. And I felt like the man, I felt amazing. I felt strong. I felt powerful. Awesome. So when, when did you feel masculine in your marriage? And he said, never 50 years of marriage, never, never felt masculine. Like, okay. So this makes sense for me growing up. He didn't feel strong. I didn't feel strong. Grew up in a world of, I have to find a way to manipulate work around stuff because everything's intimidating. Everything is overwhelming. So that was um, a huge one for me was the weak bullet and uh, very big in our, our family kind of runs in the family. So then uh, fourth one would be burden. Burden bullet is a great one. If you want to go into ministry, these go together really well. Um, the burden bullet is kind of a rescuer. A lot of it is you're a little kid who you feel like nobody has time for you. Nobody approves of you. You have to try to show up in such a way by being a pleaser, gaining acceptance, getting approval, work your tail off so that people see you and go, wow, thank you for stacking all the chairs. Thank you for just sacrificing everything about your life and putting, putting ministry before your family and putting everything else and like carrying the whole world on your shoulders and rescuing everybody and, you know, all the stuff that would come from thinking and feeling like you're a burden. So you have to make up for it and try to get everybody's approval and acceptance. So the burden bullet is, is a big one for the person you see who's always helping and serving, but underneath it, you know, this is, they're really trying to actually fill a void that's going on there. Um, and then you have the evil bullet, which is also a good one for a minister. So the, the evil bullet concept is that deep down you think you're evil. You're a little kid, some shame happens, maybe you get caught doing something and you get this whole thing of, I'm evil, I'm bad, I'm a, I'm a bad kid. And so you try to be perfect, perfectionism. And all the reaction to evil is you have to never look evil. You have to make sure nobody ever sees that, you know, oh, you like rock music or, oh, you like this funny movies or you like, you know, whatever. Like, you hide everything that could be seen as evil instead of actually being in touch with, this is who I really am. The, I authentically, I like these things, I like these things. Um, and I mean, the more fundamentalist somebody is, the more deeply they would likely have an evil bullet. Like if they, oh, you go to yoga class, you must have a demon. Well. That's probably somebody carrying around an evil bullet because they have to see evil everywhere. So um, there's that one. There's broken, the broken bullet. The broken bullet is this person who they can't really own the fact that they're human, that they're just a regular human person. And so they have to look perfect, similar to the evil but they, um, they can never have any problems. They, they're always trying to hide it. Whereas 
what's really going on underneath the surface is, yeah, I actually am hurting, but you're hiding it. And so the, the, the broken, it's like, a, it's kind of an invalid thing. So people who are extremely stuck, extremely depressed, just cannot move forward with their life often have a broken bullet underneath it because they believe about themselves, I am fundamentally broken. And yet I try to look like I'm not and keep it all together, which is just a very, very painful, like bipolar kind of feel. Um, you have the victim, the victim bullet. And this can be, you know, any kind of abuse that that happens and i mean it's so common now uh but you have this abuse that comes in as a child physical sexual emotional and when that label gets in there of i'm a victim you can't actually operate from a place of power instead it becomes this identity that um, always entitles you to um entitles you to special attention, special time, special privilege, instead of really owning yourself and owning, owning, yeah, I was hurt, but instead you, you label it as your identity. Um, two more, an incompetent, incompetent bullet. If you have had young children, you probably have felt this one. Um, Often, I think we talk about uh, in our culture, we hear about mom guilt, uh, but there's, it's, it's just as much on dads as well. The, the feeling of like, I can't, I just can't do it all. And so you're, you're up till one in the morning, changing wet bed sheets, and you're getting up early in the morning because they all wake up with the sun and you're getting them out the door to the bus and you're doing all this stuff and you're like burning the candle at both ends and you're overwhelmed and then you catch yourself you know screaming or or uh, spanking somebody and you're like man I, I went overboard there what was it well oh it was when they were freaking out I felt incompetent as a parent I felt like I was failing oh that's what it was poking and so the incompetent bullet, it could come up with a, an employer that, that you feel like, man, this every time this person comes around, they make me feel like I'm two inches tall and I do everything wrong. Um, so the incompetent bullet can be something that gets poked as well. And then the last one is, and it kind of has three names to it. It's the weird, ugly, different. And maybe you had this, maybe you had this in high school. Maybe you had this when your voice was changing. Maybe you had this, uh, you know, with the bullies, maybe you had this, you know, outsider kind of thing. And the weird, ugly, different, um, it can lead on the strength side, it can lead to finding, you know, significance in really being unique, because there is something about uh, each of us that is unique and different. Um, but then the deep down inside, I don't feel like I fit in. I can't connect with people. I don't belong. Those feelings connect with the weird, ugly, different bullet. So some of you might be saying, I think I re resonate with all nine of these. It's, it's possible. And, and it's, 
yeah, these are these are super common. And there's other ones that I didn't even name here that that you could come up with as you look at it and go, I think I told myself this about myself as a kid. Um, but these are big, big categories. And uh, let me just check the chat because there was a lot of chatter uh, a few minutes ago, but I didn't catch it all. I'll go back up to steak and start there. Um, yes, the labels, uh, these are in the new book. Um, I call the chapter nine calibers of bullets. So each one of these are what we call a bullet. Majority of my clients have the burden bullet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, overcompensation for the loser bullet is success usually. So most CEOs have a massive loser bullet. Jordan Peterson has probably the biggest stupid bullet on the planet. Um, you know, you start thinking in categories like top of the mountains, you go like, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, giant weak bullet. You know, he is a walking giant weak bullet. You know, it's like you can go down down the list and go, these are great stereotypes that fit these categories. Um, okay, all of these have rejection. All of these have shame built into them. So uh, there's rejection, shame, and there's, we'll come back to rejection. That's a good question, but uh, in all of these, you don't want to be rejected. So you're doing what you can to overcompensate so you don't feel the pain of rejection or the pain of shame that comes with this. Because, oh, it feels terrible to feel like a loser. I got to go the other direction. It feels terrible to feel weak. I got to go the other direction. It feels I don't want to be a victim again, so I got to go this direction. So we, uh, we go away from that. Um, so we're trying to keep ourselves away from feelings. The feelings are really, if you think about it like, okay, you're sitting, you're standing there, you're seven years old, you're in front of the classroom. This experience happens. These feelings come up. You go, ooh, these feelings, this sucks. I don't ever want to feel this again. So what am I going to do? I'm going to put a label on that and do what I can to move away from that, go this other direction. And you start living in that reaction of it and pushing those feelings back down, back down into the 95% subconscious, dark, murky shadow water. And you keep it there, keep it there. And you get older and you get married. And now you have a spouse and I'll say, especially for men, this is, <laughs> can I get the book today? <laughs> Can't get the book today, Glad. Uh, <laughs> it should be like January, February. But when you get married, a lot of, sorry, man, get through Christmas, okay? Um, get the commentary at Christmas, get the book after New Year's. Um, so <laughs> what we have is that you get married, especially for guys, you have this big nine bullet holes in your chest. And you get yourself a good woman who comes along and says, you know, what really matters to me so much is that I want to feel emotionally safe. This is like one of my biggest priorities is, do I feel emotionally safe? I don't because you have nine bullet holes in your chest and you're scaring me. That doesn't look okay. Let's check on those. 
God is the creator of all, and Satan is the counterfeiter of all. How do we approach, recognize, and reclaim the New Age counterfeits that rightfully belong to the church? In Dr. Welton's book, New Age Masquerade, he gives 70 descriptions of New Age concepts that were actually stolen from the church and rightfully belong to us as Christians. Find your copy on Amazon today. Ow! <laughs> and for a guy, especially if you have a victim bullet or a weak bullet or a loser bullet, you start to be like, ah, I feel like a loser when she does that. I feel weak when she does that. I feel like a victim. I'm such a victim. And she's jabbing at these holes, which is actually a favor that she's doing. This is a favor that the feminine does for the masculine is it helps you find as a man your bullet holes so that you should deal with them. But our culture has gotten lost track of how to deal with them. So she helps you find them, which is great. Now, on the feminine side, there's much more awareness of those feelings because there isn't the same suppressing. If you think about it, the masculine has a way that it's really designed to suppress. If you're out there fighting a lion or a tiger or a you know a bully mammoth and you get a big gash in your arm, you better push the pain down until you kill that thing. And then later you're going to take care of it. You have to be able to suppress the pain and move through the situation and it's designed that way for hunters but then on the feminine side there's a much more community you're in the village with all the women and all the children you need to be in touch and nurturing and connecting with what's going on and very aware of the situations so there's much more of a feeling awareness and so we're built different and so the suppression that the suppression that the masculine does can be good as long as it's dealt with later. There's um, there's a few books about this. One, uh, Waking the Tiger, Peter Levine. I'll save you eight hours of audiobook. Um, one of the ways that he really just boils it down is that if you're a gazelle running from a lion on the the Sahara, or out, you know, out on the 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 land, and you escape the first thing the gazelle usually does after it catches its breath is it does like this weird little dance that it it's shaking its nervous system to deal with the adrenaline and the cortisol. Then it moves forward. It doesn't push all its feelings down and just move forward. It physically emotes that feeling to get it out of its nervous system and move forward. There was a, a book, um, Primal Scream, The Primal Scream. There's a therapist in 1970 who wrote this book and he developed a whole method for getting people back to the point where they gave themselves the bullet, essentially. Um, Peter Levine's book is Waking the Tiger. Uh, the Primal Scream is... Uh, this concept that when you take a patient, you get them back to the point where they were being chased by the lion, the point where they gave themselves the bullet hole and get them to actually feel those feelings again, which is to pull them up out of that murky subconscious 95% and feel it and deal with it, then they don't actually have to run away from it anymore. 
And so you have to feel it to heal it, which this is what I found with the modalities, whether it was electrodes, behavior modification, inner healing, um, a lot of these processes were very in the head and they were not connecting to the feelings. Now, maybe that's different as a man going through it than for a woman, because I found that uh, part of what they, they see is the talk therapy can be very effective for women because you get it out, you feel heard and seen and validated and <sighs> great. But then for a man, there's the, the aspect of, did you get it actually out of your nervous system? Did you physically emote it? Did you do what you needed to, to actually connect with those feelings and feel it all the way out? Or did you just talk it out from your head and nothing's actually changed? So there's extremely different statistics of the effectiveness between for men and for women with different, different types of therapy. And so the feel the heal approach is really how you get back to the bullet because as much as it hurt going in, it's gonna hurt to pull the bullet out. I mean, if it hurt when you're seven years old and you felt that hurt then, and now it's sat there for 30, 40, 50 years, going in and finding that thing and pulling it out is going to hurt. And it will involve crying and tears and all the layers of hurt you've built up on top of it because I told myself I'm a loser. And then uh, my fifth grade middle school girlfriend dumped me and reaffirmed that I am a loser. And then my, you know, I got fired from that job when I was in high school and they said, ah, you're, you're fired, you're a loser. And they added to it. And then I, I got called a loser by a, high, a college professor. And then, you know, you layers up like that to the point that you have all of this to go back through. Now, this is not something that you want to go back through mentally. So the best way to actually approach this is let's say you're in that engagement with someone, you know, maybe it's your spouse and they are sticking their finger in that hole and you're like, ah, I feel that. I feel, what am I feeling? I feel weak or I feel evil or I feel like a victim or I feel like a loser. You get in touch with what am I feeling right now? I'm feeling like that thing is being poked. Then you actually go and I recommend, especially for men, go do this alone, maybe with another man, but considering that four out of five women have experienced some form of abuse in their life, for a man to actually pull out a bullet includes a lot of emotional anger coming out. And this can be a very scary experience. So we recommend for men, do this alone or with another man. So you go away, you take that thing and you go back to that. Like, okay, she was just saying that you never put the dishes in the dish rack the right way and it's cause you're stupid. Now she didn't say cause you're stupid but you felt like she did because you think that about yourself cause you gave yourself that thing 30, 40 years ago. She didn't say it, maybe she did, but likely she didn't and <laughs> it's poking that you go and you take that somewhere by yourself, get in touch with those feelings and yell, scream, cry, let out whatever that layer is in the present. 
And that's just a very top layer. You might yell for two minutes and be like, oh, I feel a lot better. That's great. I got that out. But then you go, when else did I feel like this? Gosh, I felt like this when the pastor said this to me. Let that feeling out. I felt like this 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And you move back through the layers. The actual, you're not doing it mentally. You're following the feeling. When else did I feel this feeling? And let it help you find your way. Because one of the things I always got stuck with is I had like no memories of my childhood, like very few, like five or six under the age of 12. And I had blocked out so much because there was just truckloads of physical abuse and I had blocked all this stuff out. And so mentally I could never get there and talk therapy and, and inner healing and a lot of other things. But by following the feelings back, oh yeah, I remember when this happened, I felt like this and I could follow it because your feelings will take you down into that dark, murky area. You'll be able to pull something up and let that feeling out. Now, what this leads to is actually long-term change because you get to the point where your wife comes the next time, pokes at it and goes, huh. That reaction wasn't was completely different. Some that's it's not happening the same way. There's another poke and a test and a test. And this is a great part of the feminine is they test for safety. And even unconsciously, just testing for safety. And when there's a trigger, you can own it, take responsibility, go look, go work on it. Now I want to tie this together. So no, we're running down on time, but if anyone wants, anyone's able to stick into overtime, we'll go a little bit longer, open it up for some questions before we land the plane. But um, I, if you tie it back to what we were talking about last week, Curly and Clint and Gandhi, and you connect the dots, there may be areas that you say, I can't be Clint. I have a really hard time being Clint because when I'm Clint, means I'm evil. I, I can't be like Gandhi. He's, he's weak. I can't, I can't have that, that whole like, oh, I'm so compassionate. Like, no, I need to kick people's butts. I need to be a strong leader. That's weak. I don't want to, I don't want to be like Curly because he always gets taken advantage of, you know, he's such, he's a victim, you know, Mo's always slapping him around. And the areas that you may be struggling to actually move in that dynamic as a leader, there's probably something in the way. And I want to bring some of this back around. I said the ego is not the problem. It's the container. If you think of your ego as, let's say you had your body, your physical body, but you also had like a spirit body that's, that's the same shape, same size right there. Bullets get lodged in that. Your ego isn't the problem. It's your ego is riddled with bullets that can be the problem. You pull, you get the bullets out of your ego. Your ego can be solid, healthy, good, strong leader, but it's not the ego that's the issue. If you're arrogant, there's probably a loser bullet in there because you can't just be a normal person. You have to be overcompensating 
how successful and amazing and incredible you are all the time. So there's arrogance going on. So the overcompensation is actually the issue. The bullet is the issue. It's not the ego itself, which is the container. If you get these nine out, I, I like to think of it like a marathon runner. You're a marathon runner. You're running down the road one day. Somebody jumps out of the bushes and puts nine bullet holes in your chest. Now, if you survive in this hypothetical situation, you got all these bullet holes in you. You're laying in the hospital bed. Are you still a marathon runner? Yes, you're just full of bullet holes right now. You are still you. You are still the Bob the marathon runner, but you're loaded with these bullet holes. The bullets are not you. That's what we have to separate from is just because you gave yourself a label as a little kid, that doesn't mean that's who you are. It's what you're reacting to. So when you actually pull off all these labels, you actually pull out all these bullets, you get back to, this is who I really am. I'm not, I'm not a loser or a success. I'm not a this or a this. Like when you get down through the, um, when you get down through say the stupid bullet, you no longer are trying to prove that you're smart and argue with everybody on the internet and do all that stuff. Instead, you just still have your degrees you're still smart, but you aren't compelled and driven by bullets. See, when you're compelled and driven by these things, they are controlling you. But when you get rid of them, you still have the benefit. Let's say that you, you run a bunch of marathons, you get all jacked and you're muscular and you're strong and all of that because you have a weak bullet. You get rid of the weak bullet, you're no longer under a compulsion of a weak bullet driving you, but you're still have the benefit of incredible health. So there's, there's, you keep the benefit. You just actually are dealing with the, the thing that's been driving it. Being driven around by all the bullet holes in your life. It's like, if I said to you, here's a 30 pound weight and I want you to hold this up. Well, you probably you know, let's say it's a 15 pound weight. You could probably do that and you probably do it for 10 minutes or whatever, no problem. But if you had a bullet hole through your bicep, you couldn't do it. It's not because you're not the kind of person that can hold up a 15 pound weight. It's because you have that wound. The wound is not who you are. It's completely separate from who you are as a person. So, no, I'm not the man.